0: Hey y'all! Welcome to Life Coach BFF Show. Do you want to confidently parent your teen while remaining sane and still finding joy in your everyday? Do concerns of their safety, mental health, influences of social media, and the ACT as well as the ACT frighten and keep you awake at night? Following a move, finding myself lonely, isolated, and drowning in the realities of parenting teenagers, I felt completely lost and depleted. After a year of sitting in loneliness, I knew it had to stop. I transformed my mindset to something I call living on green, and I'm going to teach it to you. In this podcast, we're giving all things to God find beauty in the brokenness triumphs through the trials of parenting teens all the while finding joy in establishing balance i'm your new bff heather and you're not lonely anymore we're in this together get your ax spray out pick up those dirty gym socks put your lip gloss on and let's do this hi friends this is heather petty welcome back to life coach bff show Gabe Cox is here today to help us explore ideas around clarity, goal setting, strategic planning, simplicity, and faith. She's an author, podcaster, coach, and the founder of Red Hot Mindset. Gabe helps faith-fueled women use their passions to enhance their productivity and spiritual growth so they can go after their God-given goals. I can't wait for you to get to know Gabe, so let's get started. Hi, Gabe. I'm so happy to have you on the show today. Hi, Heather. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. I cannot wait to get to know you, Gabe. I've been so excited about this all day. I've been thinking about it and please tell all of us a little bit about you and your sweet family.
1: Sure. So I have five in my family. So I'm married to my best friend, Josh. We've been married for six and a half, six and a half, not six and a half, 16 and a half years. And we have three boys, all different levels, elementary, middle school, and high school, crazy loud in my house. And we just added a puppy, which is, I'm like, I'm going nuts. <laughs> Why did I do this to myself? But he is so cute. He's an Australian Kelpie. And we uh, I homeschool my older two. My oldest is a competitive gymnast. I'm a runner. Um, My others like to dabble in other sports and there's, there's so much fun going on in our house. So we love hiking and all things, board games and adventures.
0: Y'all are very active. (laughs) I love (laughs) that. I love that. So tell me about running. When did you get started?
1: So it's kind of a funny story because I actually hated running when I was in high school. I was a basketball player. That was kind of my sport. And I didn't mind running there because I, It was stop and go. You had the basketball to kind of keep your mind going and focus on, but I thought I saw people running miles, you know, across country and I'm going, you guys are nuts. What do you do that for? It seems like it's so pointless. Right. But then when I got into college, I felt like I, i started, I did some intramural sports, but I wasn't, I didn't, I stopped playing basketball um, and so I needed a way to stay active and running was kind of that thing that I said, well, I can do that anytime. So I started running and at first, and maybe we'll talk about this a little later, but it was a form of control for me for a time because I ended up kind of going through a depression and an eating disorder early on in adulthood. And that running was a control, but eventually as I healed from that running became a peaceful time. It was kind of a reflection time, a time for me to be able to be alone with the Lord or listen to music or podcasts or whatnot. And it's become my, my favorite activity to do by myself or with friends. And so that's kind of how it's evolved over the years.
0: Well, I see, i read that you ran in the Boston Marathon, which is huge because I don't know what it takes to qualify, Okay, what, what do you have to do to qualify to run in the Boston Marathon?
1: To run in the Boston Marathon, it's based on your age and gender. So, Uh, depending on how old you are. That's the one thing I like about uh, growing older. I age up in my races, so I don't have to run as fast, (laughs) but essentially um, in mine, uh, when I qualified for the first time, I don't remember how old I was. It was 2015. So not too long ago, but I had to run a 335. So three hours and 35 minutes for based on my gender and age. Um, But it's stricter or a little bit easier, but Uh, depending on where you're at, but it's a big, huge goal for most many runners. So if you're in the running community, you probably know what Boston Marathon is and, or you've probably had a dream of running it. And so, but a lot of people keep it as just a dream and they don't do what it takes to actually train for it and get there. Cause it is, it is usually pretty hard. There are some people who just squeak in and they're just, you know, they go run a marathon and they qualify. I'm like, I don't know how you did that. Cause
0: that was not my story. <laughs> at what point did you decide that you would just love to run the Boston marathon? Like what, you know, at first you started out just, you know, more as a social thing, stress release, but when did you get serious about it? So after I had my second son
1: I thought, okay, how do I get back in shape? I'm going to run a half marathon. That was when I started racing again. So I didn't start racing really until then. And after the half marathon, I go, well, I'm halfway to a marathon. Why don't I run one? And that was just kind of the start. It wasn't a, it was just a thought. I'm like, it's a bucket list item. It's something I would like to say I've done. It's a big deal. So I ended up running that. So six months after I had, well, I guess it was nine months after I had my second, I ran Uh, the Twin Cities Marathon in Minnesota, and when I crossed that finish line, it was it was a hard experience. I uh, while I was running, was like, I don't think I'll do this again. You know, (laughs) it's how we do it. And then you cross that finish line, and something happens, and you're like, Wow, that was awesome! I want to do it again. It's like giving birth, right? You you go through it, you go, I'm never doing this again, and then you forget about it the next day, right? But um, yes, yeah. So that's how I always equate it. It's like giving birth. Marathons are, but. I kind of after that marathon it sparked something in me and I thought I just really I feel like I could use running and create some goals behind it and and running that's another thing that running has done for me is it has helped me to become a disciplined person and to really understand how to set and achieve goals how to actually stick with it when it gets hard how to create a plan and how to fuel right or whatever it is and I at, after that first one I kind of thought well Maybe I could try for the Boston marathon. Granted I was, after I ran that first one, I was, I think I was almost an, it wasn't an hour. It was about 45 or 50 minutes I would need to cut in order to qualify. So, I mean, it was definitely a pipe dream.
0: Well, I'm so impressed that you did it. So it takes a, that's a huge commitment. It takes a lot of time to prepare. I do know that takes a lot of time. So how did you balance? you had two boys at the time. When I qualified for
1: Boston the first time I had three, but when I started the challenge, when I started trying, cause it took me three attempts essentially to qualify. I only had the two, but how to, how I balanced it, it, you know, it's tough because it's one of those things, especially as moms, we always say, how do we do it all? How do we juggle it all? Well, I didn't do it all. That was kind of how I balanced it. I had to choose what, what was going to be in that season? What was I going to be able to handle? What was my capacity? And what could I not do? And so I sacrificed some sleep, I sacrificed Uh, my own entertainment. I wasn't up watching TV every night or doing things because I was tired and I needed to go to bed early or I needed to spend time with my family. So kind of decided, okay, what's the most important things and how do I keep my alignment of that, which really is uh, God family. And then I was working at the time. Still, I've always, I've always dabbled in something with work. I've never not done that. I don't know how to not be doing something, I guess, but, um, but it, and then how do i be present where i am and i learned My boys, they were younger. So I had a lot, I had to actually physically do for them and be there for them. I couldn't just leave on a run (laughs) and leave them at home. So I had to kind of balance that. I got up early before my husband went to work to train many of the days, or I'd do my long runs on Saturdays in the early morning. So hopefully it didn't take the whole day. So then we had time together still. But my one goal was to make sure that my training didn't really affect them too much, but they did sacrifice a little bit. Um, for my, for my dream and my goals. And, um, and then, you know, the cool thing though, is that they felt like they won too, when I hit that goal, because they they were part of it. And that was really cool and special when you see them at the finish line and they're all like, yeah, she did it, you know, and that's my mom and all the things. So um, balancing is kind of the whole, what, how, how can I, you know, balance and balance doesn't mean everything's equal all the time. It just means, what can I, what can I, capably do right now and what do I need to set aside and um for this season and things it always changes right so
0: always changes so do you feel like that your family I know your immediate family but your extended family your friends were they supportive of you during this time I'm just curious yeah
1: I feel like I've always had a supportive family. I mean, I don't think they always understand what I do because they're like, you sound, you're crazy. You know, you do all these things or why are you doing that? Why don't you do, or uh, whatever I do, I always have that. But my immediate family especially is super supportive and they're like, yeah, cheering me on and excited about it. Now, maybe they didn't all come watch, but um, from a distance, I feel like it had an impact on them because they were seeing me do something hard that it kind of, it was the trickle effect that then they kind of felt like, oh, maybe I could do something hard. Um, so I never really got the, I was never ever worried about what would my family think or will this be hard on them? Will they, will they um, not approve or those things? So that's really, really good. And I, I felt really blessed about that.
0: Yes, the reason I ask, and I don't know about you, but I have had people make comments to me. You know, how do you have time to podcast? Doesn't this take time away from your family? And I always find that interesting because I would never say to another woman or a man, you know, how do you do the job that you do? How any type job? How do you how do you be a veterinarian? Doesn't that take time away from your family? Or how do you? You know, it's just really interesting to me when people. Comment like that. And I was wondering what kind of comments that you got along the way, because that is very time consuming. It is. And, you know,
1: I don't know if anyone really commented like that, but they do. I, what I got a lot of the time, because it looked like I was juggling a lot of things because I was, and I would get, man, I, I could never do what you do. You're like super women. And uh, so it actually did make me feel guilty along the way because I'm going, oh, should I not be doing what I'm doing? Am I, affecting my family in a bad way? Am I doing something that's negative? Like, so I, I more so question myself and my things when people would say something like that, because I'm like, wow, I never (laughs) thought of it that way, you know? So that, that actually did affect me in some ways. They're like, you're a superwoman, I couldn't do that. So I'm like, but you could, if you wanted to, I probably shouldn't be doing all that I'm doing. I don't know.
0: (laughs) No, I think it's fantastic because when I, and this is why I was so excited about talking to you because people like you really motivate me Hmm. and just energize me. And so I always, I have, I found that really Interesting when people would make comments to me like that. I wondered if you got the same type comments because you have a lot going on, Gabe. Like not only are you a runner, Boston Marathon, mom to three boys, you're a a speaker, a podcaster, and you've written a couple of books.
1: Yep, it's true. And so I do juggle a lot and I sometimes think about it going, I should just do something traditional. Maybe that would be easier. Going into the office would be easier than doing all these additional things. But at the same time, I just think about it and go, where am I being led and where am I being called? And I need to walk in it. It's like, God says, this is the way walk in it. And I go, okay, I just need to be faithful. Even when I struggle with that going, am I doing too many things or, or should I do something else or whatnot? I just have to remember, I just have to keep walking in that path. And, um, when it came to the books and different things, they've been a desire of my heart since I was young, which is crazy to think about. Like, I thought when I was a kid, like five years old, I was writing stories. I mean, I'm telling you, I knew I was going to be an author. I didn't know it would take me more than 30 years to do it. Like I didn't start my, Um, actually writing a book until after I qualified for the Boston Marathon for the first time. And so I thought I was going to be writing a book right outside of high school. I just thought it was going to come to me and it was going to be great and fast and all the things. Well, I forgetting that there are always bumps in the road and trials and and God took me on a different path and it was okay. Um, But also something that's interesting about how I juggle so many things. I broke my ankle in 2018 right after I qualified for the second time for Boston Marathon. And it was almost like God literally told me stop, and He said you are doing too much. And at that time, I was doing too much because I was doing it for control more than for His will. And so He said you need to start shaving things away and getting rid of certain responsibilities and roles, knowing other people could do them. And now my life looks like it's still full, but I have I can't tell can't tell you how much I have simplified it. And how much that has been a blessing, because even at that time, I had no idea we were moving from Minnesota and because that's where we grew up. And my husband and I are from there, our family's from there. But about a year after, I think it was about a year after I had kind of started shedding all those things, God had us move in eight, within eight weeks. I'm telling you, we do things fast, apparently from when (laughs) we thought, should we move um, to when we sold our house? It was eight weeks. And if I hadn't shed those things that God told me to back then we would never have been able to do that. And I'm like, this is, that's just crazy, but it's the the power of letting go when we're told to. Um, and so now what I'm doing is a lot, but it also is simplified, which is, which is a really good place for me to be.
0: Yeah. Simplified is good. I know that I someone told me one time that when you think that if you don't do things, they won't get done, you are being prideful. And I used to do that, Gabe. I would think if I don't teach Bible school, nobody's going to do it. If I don't do this, you know, if I don't bake the cupcakes, then nobody else is going to do. And I realized then that if I don't do it, someone, God will put that on someone else's heart. It's, it's not my season, just like you said. And so it feels good to back away sometimes, doesn't it? And God will always line things up for you.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of what I heard God say. He said, you you may be good at, because I was good at things and I liked my hand and everything. So he was like, I was like, why don't I just do that? I could be good at it. I like I like knowing what's going on. I like having the lead. I like, you know, that was another form of control that God dealt with me on. But what he essentially said, as I was letting go, is he said, if you don't let go of this, I can't let this other person step up and actually fulfill their gifting." Right. Oh, okay. So someone else could do it just as well, or better. Got it.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's what I had to realize. I'm like, maybe I'm not the best one for this, and I'm jumping in there before somebody else has a chance. Okay. So goal setting. I want to get back to this. So you started running. Do you think that the running propelled you to write the books? Did you did you say to yourself, you know, if I can do this, if I can meet these goals? then I know that I can meet these goals as an author. Did you, did you kind of walk through those doors? So I think I walked through
1: those doors. I just didn't know I was walking through them. (laughs) It was kind of a subconscious thing because as I was setting these goals, the reason I set the goals for the Boston marathon was just to really see, could I do hard things? Can I do this? Like, could I set a big burly goal and actually train for it and qualify? Can I finish? And as as i was training is when i kind of started thinking wow if, if i can do this there i have a book idea i could do i could write a book about what that was like and how to actually take that goal that looked impossible because on paper uh dropping f- 45 to 50 minutes in a marathon is no i mean that's like over a minute uh per mile or more so that's a huge lofty goal but if i can do that and I do it through these success principles and um, that I have learned. Like if I do it by implementing some of these these steps or this mental training that I have learned, then I can teach someone else how to do that. And maybe there can be a framework or a system that could work. Um, and the other thing that I was thinking along the way too is how can I make this goal, How can I use it to glorify God? Like I, I do believe that he gives us desires in our heart for a reason. So how can I make running? How can I have an impact with running and qualifying for the Boston marathon for me was creating an impact, even though running a lot of people don't like running. I get it, but the analogies running has for life, everyone understands them. And also just the, the big, the bigness of the achievement people understand that. And so I would be able to have that platform to be able to encourage others to go after their goals and do it to, to give glory to God, because I can't take the credit for that. He had to help me through it. He had to give me the strength to do it. But then after I hit that goal, I'm like, wow, what else does God want me to do? And then having the goal of the book, I was like, I can do hard things. I can, I can qualify for the Boston Marathon. I can write a book. And so, yeah, a little bit of that, but I didn't realize that's what was going on until later on.
0: Right. Right. And, you know, I love that saying everything is hard until it's not. And it's mm-hmm. so true. It is so true. I think it's just, it's our mindset.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm telling you, every time I run a marathon, it's hard. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> that get easy. Um, but the thing that is easy now is I know how to train for it. And I can make time for it. And I can do those things. Uh, you don't know what obstacles are going to come. And that's the same in everything that we do, right? A different obstacle might come that we didn't expect, but we now have the tools in our belt to understand how to get through it and how to do it. So, so just because it was hard, it's now a little bit easier, right? It's not You don't have that hardness of not knowing the unknown anymore. So
0: exactly. Well, and I love that you're, you, like I said, you're really motivating women and showing them, you know what, this is how I did it. I have children, I have a family to take care of, but these were my steps. And a lot of times we need help just laying out those steps. And you do that through your coaching, your podcast speaking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things with this, I think the first steps, especially as a mom, uh, if we put it that way is i had to realize because for me in the beginning when i got married and had kids um all earlier than i had expected i kind of put my my dreams we'll call quote unquote dreams on the shelf because i felt like i needed to sacrifice for motherhood i thought oh now all i can think about is my kids but what i realized and is that my kids are watching me and they're learning i am their best example they're learning from me what to do and I need to teach them what it's like to be an adult too, but I also need to teach them how to set goals and how to go after things. I can't expect them to do something hard if I'm not willing to do something hard. And so that's the biggest, the first breakthrough we need as moms is to realize that our kids don't need us 24 seven, but they do need us to show up and be an example for them. And one of the best ways to do that is to set a goal for ourselves and to go after it so they can see us do it. And then they become a part of the victory too.
0: I love that, Gabe. I'm a huge believer in goal setting and definitely showing your children what's possible. So many things are possible. Okay. Your latest book is Victory Run Turning Trials into Triumphs. So let's tell me all about this book.
1: Yeah. This one, it was, I'm going to tell you, this was a hard book to write. And one of the reasons is because, so I had mentioned earlier that I broke my ankle after qualifying for the Boston Marathon the second time. So my second goal with the Boston Marathon was I'm going to hit, I'm going to try and go big and hit a big burly goal. So my first time I qualified was through 30 minutes. Well, the second time was three hours and 18 minutes. So I still dropped 12 minutes off my time, which was amazing. I'm just like, how did I do that? That's awesome. You know? And so because I wanted to see, can I do it even harder? Can it, can I achieve something even bigger? But then I, two months later, I broke my ankle and Mm -hmm. my whole world shifted because at the time, my jobs were all physical. I was a run, run coach, a fitness instructor. I was running our homeschool community. I was doing a lot of things that required me to be present and be there. And I couldn't even drive after I broke my ankle because it was my driving foot. So I, you what?
0: I said, um, that sorry. that sounds so, dreadful. That's terrible <laughs> you, to not be able to drive, and you have children that you're trying to shuffle around with homeschooling and activities. I've been there, so not with a broken foot, but homeschooling and activities. It's a lot.
1: It is, and it's the first time where I was like, I have to ask for help because, of course, moms don't like to ask for help. We think we should be able to do everything, right? And right. so I was like, I had to learn the art of delegation. I had to learn how to ask for help, but from once I broke my ankle, I'm like, hmm, maybe I have another book. That's what the first thing I, well, it wasn't the first thing I thought. There were a couple things I thought before that, but it was kind of one of those things where I'm like, hmm, maybe I could use this trial and maybe have an impact through it. But the biggest limiting belief that I had when I was writing the book is it's just a broken ankle. What does it matter? What's the, there's no, is there really a message in there? How can I impact someone who's gone through a bigger loss or even more tragic trials? Like how can this book affect them? It's just a measly broken ankle. So that was the enemy speaking to me and trying so hard to throw me off the course. And it took me an additional um, year or two to write it because of that. Uh, But what I learned as I was writing it and as I was going through the process is that every trial is unique to you, but it doesn't mean it's not hard. And every loss or like breaking my ankle was a loss for me, losing a job transition. Those things are kind of like a loss and everyone goes through a grieving process and we all kind of go through the same one, maybe different order, maybe differently, some bigger, some smaller, whatever. But for us, it's hard in the time. And so I learned that um, just because it seemed small, maybe other people may think it's small, the, the process is still the same and how to overcome those trials can become the same and really your message after that trial, what you can do with it, what God can do through you is the same, like he can really use you if you're willing to actually step into the fire. I, I, my website is red hot mindset. So it's like about, but it's about refinement. It's about stepping into that fire, which is hard and hurts. It's painful. But when you come out, God has molded you and changed you and shaped you into the woman who can do something for him or who can have that impact because of him right. It's only because of him. And so that's what I learned as I was writing this book. And the book is really just about turning trials into triumphs. How can you get through those hard times and come out stronger?
0: Yes. Cause the hard times are coming. I mean, everyone is going to have difficult times. It's how we deal with those times. That's what's important. And like you said, you're setting an example for your children. They're learning through you. How did mom deal with this when she broke her ankle? Well, she got back on her feet, trained and did it all over again. So fantastic. Well, Gabe, thank you so much for coming on today. I've enjoyed getting to know you. This has been so great. How can we get in touch with you? Yeah. How can we follow you? Yeah. So the best
1: way is just to pop onto my website, redhotmindset.com. You can find my podcast and my social links there and any of the books I've written.
0: Perfect. And we'll put everything in show notes as well. So thank you so much, Gabe. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Heather. This was great. Thanks again for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode or have benefited in any way, please go to Apple Podcasts, leave a review. It would mean the world to me. Also, take a moment and be sure and subscribe because we have a lot of exciting events coming up and you are not going to want to miss out on anything. Come say hello on social media. Stop by Instagram. It's at Life Coach BFF. Facebook at Life Coach BFF. And also, we have started a small private group full of lovely women like you. It's called We Are Your BFFs. Come join. We'd love to have you. Can't wait to see you again next time. This is your BFF Heather from Life Coach BFF Show.